Chapter 16 of A Short History of the World by H. G. Wells. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 16 Primitive Nomadic Peoples. It was not only in Mesopotamia and the Nile Valley that men were settling down to agriculture and the formation of city states in the centuries between 6000 and 8000 BC. Wherever there were possibilities of irrigation and a steady all-the-year-round food supply. Men were exchanging the uncertainties and hardships of hunting and wandering for the routines of settlement. On the upper Tigris a people called the Assyrians were founding cities. In the valleys of Asia Minor and on the Mediterranean shores and islands there were small communities growing up to civilization. Possibly, parallel developments of human life were already going on in favorable regions of India and China. In many parts of Europe, where there were lakes well stocked with fish, little communities of men had long settled in dwellings, built on piles over the water, and were eking out agriculture by fishing and hunting. But over much larger areas of the old world, no such settlement was possible. The land was too harsh, too thickly wooded or too arid, or the seasons too uncertain for mankind, with only the implements and science of that age to take root. For settlement under the conditions of the primitive civilizations, men needed a constant water supply and warmth and sunshine. Where their needs were not satisfied, Man could live as a transient, as a hunter following his game, as a herdsman following the seasonal grass, but he could not settle. The transition from the hunting to the herding life may have been very gradual. From following herds of wild cattle or, in Asia, wild horses, men may have come to an idea of property in them, have learned to pen them into valleys, have fought for them against wolves, wild dogs, and other predatory beasts. So while the primitive civilizations of the cultivators were growing up, chiefly in the great river valleys, a different way of living, the nomadic life, a life in constant movement to and fro, from winter pasture to summer pasture, was also growing up. The nomadic peoples were on the whole hardier, than the agriculturalists. They were less prolific and numerous. They had no permanent temples and no highly organized priesthood. They had less gear. But the reader must not suppose that theirs was necessarily a less highly developed way of living on that account. In many ways, this free life was a fuller life than that of the tillers of the soil. The individual was more self-reliant, less of a unit in a crowd. The leader was more important, the medicine man perhaps less so. Moving over large stretches of country, the nomad took a wider view of life. He touched on the confines of this settled land and that. He was used to the sight of strange faces. He had to scheme and treat for pasture with competing tribes. He knew more of minerals than the folk upon the plowlands, because he went over mountain passes and into rocky places. 
he may have been a better metallurgist. Possibly bronze, and much more probably iron smelting, were nomadic discoveries. Some of the earliest implements of iron, reduced from its ores, have been found in Central Europe, far away from the early civilizations. On the other hand, the settled folk had their textiles and their pottery, and made many desirable things. It was inevitable that, as the two sorts of life, the agricultural and the nomadic, differentiated, a certain amount of looting and trading should develop between the two. In Sumeria particularly, which had deserts and seasonal country on either hand, it must have been usual to have the nomads camping close to the cultivated fields, trading and stealing, and perhaps tinkering, as gypsies do to this day. But hence they would not steal, because the domestic fowl, an Indian jungle fowl originally, was not domesticated by man until about 1000 B.C. They would bring precious stones and things of metal and leather. If they were hunters, they would bring skins. They would get, in exchange, pottery and beads and glass, garments and such like manufactured things. Three main regions and three main kinds of wandering and imperfectly settled people there were, in those remote days, of the first civilizations in Sumeria and early Egypt. Away in the forests of Europe were the blonde Nordic peoples, hunters and herdsmen, a lowly race. The primitive civilizations saw very little of this race before 1500 B.C. Away on the steppes of eastern Asia, various Mongolian tribes, the Hunnish peoples, were domesticating the horse and developing a very wide sweeping habit of seasonal movement between their summer and winter camping places. Possibly the Nordic and Hunnish peoples were still separated from one another by the swamps of Russia and the greater Caspian Sea of that time. For very much of Russia there was swamp and lake. In the deserts, which were growing more arid now, of Syria and Arabia, tribes of a dark white or brownish people, the Semitic tribes, were driving flocks of sheep and goats and asses from pasture to pasture. It was these Semitic shepherds, and certain more negroid people from southern Persia, the Elamites, who were the first nomads to come into close contact with the early civilizations. They came as traders and as raiders. Finally, there arose leaders among them with bolder imaginations, and they became conquerors. About 2750 BC, a great Semitic leader, Sargon, had conquered the whole Sumerian land and was master of all the world from the Persian Gulf to the Mediterranean Sea. He was an illiterate barbarian, and his people, the Akkadians, learned the Sumerian writing and adopted the Sumerian language as the speech of the officials and the learned. The empire he founded decayed after two centuries, and after one inundation of Elamites, a fresh semantic people, the Amorites, by degrees established their rule over Sumeria. They made their capital 
in what was hitherto been a small upriver town, Babylon, and their empire is called the First Babylonian Empire. It was consolidated by a great king called Hammurabi, circa 2100 BC, who made the earliest code of laws yet known to history. The narrow valley of the Nile lies less open to nomadic invasion than Mesopotamia, but about the time of Hammurabi occurred a successful Semitic invasion of Egypt, and a line of pharaohs was set up, the Hyksos or Shepherd Kings, which lasted for several centuries. These Semitic conquerors never assimilated themselves with the Egyptians. They were always regarded with hostility as foreigners and barbarians, and they were at last expelled by a popular uprising about 1600 B.C. But the Semites had come into Shemiria for good, and all, the two races assimilated, and the Babylonian Empire became Semitic in its language and character. End of chapter 16